Without a doubt, the uh, mountains that surround us are some of the most spectacular uh, in the world. And as we all know, the, the skiing and the snowboarding here is simply the best. And folks from all over the world travel very far to get here just to get a taste of what we have easy access to. And while on the surface it might seem surprising, one huge blessing of being here is that the mountains and that the skiing that we enjoy actually have a lot to teach us about our faith journey, if we open up our eyes. This morning I, I wrap up a, two, uh, a, a short two-part series titled The Gospel According uh, to Skiing. And uh, again, this week we have another great bulletin cover of me skiing uh, here. Uh, and, and <laughs> our own uh, Jeremy Swanson has taken such great shots of me over the last, uh, last few weeks. Anyway, um, <laughs> as I mentioned last week, God is everywhere, and we really get glimpses of God in all kinds of places. If we're willing to see God, try to teach us in all kinds of places, through all kinds of activities, even skiing. And I believe that our walk with Jesus is deepened when we open ourselves up to seeing God in different places. Don't limit ourselves or constrain how it is that we might learn something about God. And yes, we can learn about Jesus even skiing on a mountain. So it's with this in mind that I came up with this two-part series. And uh, if you want to go to last week, it's online. And it's there if, if you would like to take a look at it. Uh, and yes, just to be safe, when I refer to skiing, of course, I am including snowboarding, that wonderful sport as well. <laughs> now, last week when I talked uh, about this, I shared some silly humor and because of the number of comments I got, I thought that to get us started this week, uh, I felt invited to share just a few, uh, more, a few more somewhat very dumb remarks and jokes. Um, do you know what the difference is between a ski bum and a mutual fund? <laughs> well, eventually the mutual fund will mature. And... and, 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 and uh, <laughs> might even make some money. All right, did you hear about the skier who walks into a bar at a ski area and says, hey, you guys want to hear a snowboarder joke? And the bartender says, well, I'm a snowboarder, and the, the guy on your left is a snowboarder, and same with the guy on your right, and there are a couple of folks back there who are snowboarders behind you as well. So the skier says, okay, I'll tell the joke a little bit more slowly then. <laughs> <laughs> couple more here and while on a date <laughs> while on a date a ski instructor says after an hour has passed well that's enough talking about me let's uh, talk about something else like skiing and then finally what do you call a snowboarder or ski bum who is broken up with his girlfriend homeless exactly <laughs> <laughs> So anyway, now let's get, let's get to the business of exploring the gospel according to skiing. Uh, last week, if you were here, you may remember uh, that I talked about various aspects of skiing. I talked about the motivation needed to ski. I talked about the sacrifice involved in skiing. I talked about having the right equipment, 
I talked about having flexibility depending upon conditions. I talked about courage. And then I basically linked that and said that all of those things, motivation, sacrifice, the right equipment, which means spiritual disciplines, flexibility and courage, all are relevant and applicable to our walk with Jesus as well. But with that in mind, I want to go on today with what skiing has to teach us with a few additional things. And my hope is that while I know I'm covering a lot of ground and this is a multiple point uh, sermon, that maybe just one thing will grab you and resonate with you and cause you to ponder and think about your own faith journey. So to get started, I want to today first look at the fact that when we ski, uh, we are surrounded by people. And most of the people that we are surrounded by are strangers. Most of the people that are skiing next to us are people that we don't know. Some of the people skiing around us are even icon pass holders. <laughs> now, if, now, if you have one, there's nothing wrong with that. This is kind of a little bit of, that's a very localized statement. <laughs> but while we generally all encounter people we know on lifts and the slopes, part of skiing is not knowing the vast majority of people who are around you. And my hunch is that skiers share, who share a passion for the sport differ in many ways. They cross many ideological, theological, philosophical, and political perspectives. And when you ride enough lifts in life, you know, and we all have experienced a range of behaviors from very kind and friendly people to rude and pushy people to people who just slam the bar down on top of your head giving you a neck kink to silent and quiet people to arrogant and self-impressed people and to people we just naturally connect with and enjoy. And just as we meet strangers on the slopes and they act and behave in various ways, we in turn are strangers to them. And because of this, I believe skiing invites us to ask ourselves, apart from skiing, when it comes to life in general, when it comes to our faith journey, how really do we treat people we do not know? Of course, Scripture is packed with verses about this very issue. Jesus, of course, said, as we talk about all the time, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. And Peter writes, offer hospitality to others without grumbling. In Leviticus, love foreigners as yourselves. That's something we could use a dose of on ski slopes and in our nation today. And from the letter to the Hebrews, it reads, don't forget to show hospitality to strangers for some have done th- who have done this have entertained angels without realizing it. Skiing is a great opportunity to think about how we treat people we don't know, and not only to think about it, but to respond as the love of God would have us respond to the stranger that is next to us. Skiing invites us to ask, how is it that I really respond to strangers in life? How is it that I respond to people who are stereotyped in our culture today? Am I inviting all people to experience the presence of Christ that is in me to touch them? Do I invite the presence of Christ that is in me to affect the person that is next to me? Great question. But aside from strangers, something else inherent to skiing are the obstacles we encounter. Rocks and tree stumps, just to name two. Obstacles are just part of the deal, and while there are usually more obstacles early and late season, as we know, if you ski, you'll not only see them, but you'll occasionally hit an obstacle. And that said, with more and more experience, And more and more mileage, generally speaking, obstacles become less of a problem because we know how to deal with them. 
we learn what to look for. Our skill increases in responding to the obstacles that are out there. What a great metaphor for our faith life. James, who is very close to Jesus, said this, Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity. For you know when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let your faith grow. James, in essence, is saying to us that tough stuff, challenges, difficulties, obstacles are going to come our way. And while such things are not easy, when we turn to God and to others for help, our faith can actually grow and develop and strengthen. As I think back over my now 60 years of life, good Lord, as I think back to the countless years of my life and the countless heartaches and obstacles that I have faced, if I'm honest with myself, there is little doubt, there is no doubt in my mind that in some ways I am stronger, I am more resilient, I am more empathic, and I am better prepared for life than I would be had I not gone through such things. It doesn't mean I liked the obstacles that came my way. It doesn't mean that I liked what I had to go through. But good things came as a result. Tough stuff can bring about huge blessings, one of which is becoming more adept at dealing with what lands on our plate. All of this, I believe, is an invitation for us to reflect back over our lives and think about what are the tough, really tough things that I've gone through in life that have brought about huge blessings over time? In what ways we are called to ask, I believe, am I stronger and more resilient and more able to face what comes my way because of what I've endured? It is vital now and then to, to pause and acknowledge our growth and how we have become more resilient in life, to see it, to celebrate it, to embrace it, and to trust that wisdom comes from having experienced obstacles and making it through. While skiing involves other people and obstacles, unfortunately skiing sometimes includes injury. It was 10 years and three days ago after I turned 50, I was out and about on Somas Mountain. It was a beautiful bluebird day. I was going fast. I said to myself, I'm 50. That doesn't matter. I'm like an 18-year-old. I can do anything I want to. And as I was uttering such things to myself, I ended up with my tibia sticking out of my ski pants in a very bad crash. <laughs> Three surgeries and a year later, I was okay. But <laughs> getting hurt taught me about humility in a new way. It taught me just how much I need people. I can't make it in life without people. It taught me, once again, in a new painful way, my total, utter, and complete dependence upon God. It taught me patience. It taught me, once again, how truly kind and amazing and loving people can be. It taught me that being hurt and healing from hurt is never, ever, ever, ever a solo endeavor, nor is it meant to be. Many of us know many, many people who have done something while skiing, gotten hurt from the minor and the major. It's part of the deal. It's part of life. Not one of us is immune from being hurt in life, and if not in a physical way, then certainly we've all been hurt in our hearts. And being hurt while awful and painful and sometimes even soul-crushing in the midst of us can lead us to encounter some really wonderful, beautiful things. Mainly, our profound need for other people in our lives. 
our profound need to open up and be vulnerable with other people, our profound need for God, and our own hurt, if we let it, can lead us to a bigger and bigger heart for what other people are going through. Paul wrote in a letter, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all He has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can do, understand. For I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. Even so, you have done well to share with me in my present pain. And here Paul reminds us of what is perhaps obvious, but good things to think about, that when we are hurt to pray, to thank God for God, and to thank God for all God is doing for us in the midst of that hurt, to remember that strength does not come from anything ultimately but from God, to keep front and center that we are not ever to do life on our own, and that other people are a vital part of healing. That's so key. Other people are a vital part of our healing. It's why we're so passionate about care here at the chapel. We're not meant to do this alone. Now, while I don't like being hurt, and I don't like in any way to see other people hurt, I know that if I'm honest with myself, that like obstacles, injury and hurt can lead to astonishing blessings, primarily realizing that all that really matters is love. Then, of course, there's a whole deal of skiing out of bounds. Okay, time for a show of hands. How many of you ever have ever skied out of bounds? Good, it's now on camera, and, uh, <laughs> um, and uh, it's going to Ski Co. down at the ABC this afternoon. <laughs> Now, we all understand it's not a good idea to do so. I know it can be dangerous. I know we know it can put others in a bad position, but it is part of skiing for some people part of the time. But I think it's important for all of us to keep in mind that, frankly, boundaries are put up by patrollers to keep us safe, not because someone is trying to keep us in line or boxed in and not have fun. I'd even say that knowing where we should not ski makes where we can ski more fun. Because generally speaking, when we're not out of bounds, we don't have to worry about things, generally speaking, like avalanches or going over a cliff. Skiria boundaries are a great metaphor, as I've thought about it, for an important aspect of our journey in faith. God has given us some pretty clear demarcation points of places we should not go. And I don't believe God does this to keep us contained or restrained with ill intent. Nor do I believe God gives us places we should not go because God does not want us to have fun. Rather, I believe God has given us boundaries, in fact, to free us up, to live without worry, to live with joy, a clear conscience, purpose, meaning, love, selflessness, you might even say that our walk with Jesus is really not about rules. It's ultimately about freedom. And true freedom comes from doing the right things. Now, the word for boundary busting in our faith, of course, is sin. And the sin is doing what we want, regardless of whether or not it's right or wrong, and despite consequences. 
instead of living within the boundaries that God has given us. And Jesus said that love is the ultimate boundary and that all the rules and all the laws in Scripture can be summed up with the word love. All the rules, all the laws, all the demarcation points are there because of love. That love is not self-centered, ego-driven, deceitful, arrogant, self-serving, dishonest, betraying, condemnatory, discriminatory, unjust, scapegoating, blaming, doesn't involve blaming or self-righteousness. Rather, love is focused on selflessness, honesty, truth, integrity, faithfulness, dependability, uplifting other people, not tearing other people down, generosity, kindness, giving to other people, responsibility, just to name a few. Those are the essence of the boundaries in Scripture. That's why they're there, so that our lives reflect love, as I've defined. And for sure, love is a boundary God does not want us to cross because when we do, we separate ourselves from other people in ways that hurt. We separate ourselves from who we really would like to be. And we ultimately separate ourselves from God that causes pain all the way around. So all of this, this boundary question in skiing and in our faith journey really is an invitation to ask ourselves, how am I doing with boundaries? How am I doing with the boundary of love in my life? What boundaries do I need to be paying more attention to? And what and in what ways am I sinning that might be hurting me and other people and my relationship with God? Just a few more things here. Aside from strangers and other people and obstacles and being hurt and going out of bounds, another aspect of skiing that serves as a great metaphor is being open to continual learning. Simplistically, there are two types of skiers. Those that feel they have it all down and nothing left to learn. And those who are open to new understandings about the sport every time they go out. I don't know about you, but I'd rather be with the latter than the former. And the latter are much more fun to be around. And more often than not, do you know what? They're far better skiers and without a doubt, the same is true in our journey in faith, as was the case when Jesus was teaching and healing and preaching. It seems that so many of the stories and the gospel stories are about Jesus' encounters with know-it-alls. Jesus ran into person after person after person who thought they had it all down, had nothing left to learn, were self-described experts at everything religious, were certain about themselves, took great offense and responded with rabid anger when Jesus suggested that there might be another way of looking at something, or more importantly, someone. And perhaps most disturbing of all was that these self-certain, self-righteous, have-it-all-down religious folks in Scripture, in fact, were the least loving people on the planet. And God is love. Well, Jesus had a lot to say to such folks. And he also challenged his followers who were around him when they were acting and behaving in ways that suggested that they had it all down. This is why Jesus one day spoke about children to his disciples and invited people to come to him like a child comes to him. Why would he do that? Well, we know the obvious that children are open and flexible. They want to learn more and more. They want to play. They want to have fun. They want to seek to understand. They want to explore they're open to new experiences and they wonder. 
And God wants us to have that stance with God regardless of how long we have had faith. These characteristics are the polar opposites of being hard-hearted and self-righteous or a self-described expert. There are always more, le- way, more things to learn, more things to teach our children, and more things to learn from our children, and more to learn from God. And finally, the last thing I want to talk about today, one aspect of skiing that serves as a great metaphor for our faith, has to do with the views, those spectacular views and vistas we sometimes experience at the top of a mountain. On a clear day, go to the top of Elk Camp. Just picture that. Go to the top of Big Burn. Bowl at Highlands. Or sit on the Tayak chair just when you reach the peak and Pyramid Peak comes right over the top of the mountain. Stunning, awe-inspiring, breathtaking. That said, go to the places during a storm when the fog sets in and there's not much to see. And sometimes the conditions deteriorate so much that visibility drops to a few feet. But none of us would ever think that just because we can't see the distant mountains when it's stormy, none of us would ever think that those distant mountains aren't there. And so it goes, hopefully, with our faith. This is why in the letter to the Hebrews we find now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. In other words, our faith journey is learning to trust what we cannot see. And learning to trust that just because we cannot see it does not mean it is not there, just like a clouded over vista. To assume that all reality can be experienced with our five human senses is pretty human and narrow and egocentric. And again, a very narrow way of looking at things. Clearly, there are many realities around us continually that we cannot experience with our five limited senses. One day in our journey in faith, wherever we are, the clouds will clear, and like a vista, we will see things as God sees, and I believe on that day, everything will make sense, and we will say, thank you, God. So to wrap up this short series, skiing, like everything in life, has a lot to teach us about Jesus and our journey in faith if we open up our eyes. We've talked a lot about a very variety of aspects of skiing that are great metaphors for our journey in faith, motivation, sacrifice, the right equipment, flexibility, courage, strangers, obstacles, injury, boundaries, being open to learning more, and realizing that when we can't see it, it doesn't mean it's not there. And my hope and prayer is that at least one of these things got your attention that you'll ponder and pray about how God might be nudging you. It's also my prayer that each of us will continue to be open to learning more and more about God through all that is around us and all of our everyday experiences. And so now let's spend just a few moments in silent prayer, knowing that we are surrounded by God's magnificent creation and eternal life that awaits us. Let us pray.